Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Burgundy Network Podcast, part of the Believe Podcast Network. And boy, this is going to be a uh, good one to talk about, Brian. As always, I'm your host, Josh Taylor. And like I said, joining me, Brian Murphy. Just just watched the uh, Braves go down in Atlanta yeah. fashion. <laughs> They're a little, a little lead going away late um you all right over there i mean that's that, that's two losses now for washington and then uh atlanta yeah atlanta got up 2-0 a couple games they probably had no business winning so they still got a shot but yeah that was a that was a bummer so just yeah kind of adds to it after sunday man um uh, you said this is, this is going to be a good one, but there's nothing good to talk about, honestly. Yeah. And it's so it's going to be a juicy one. Yeah, it'll be good to get some stuff off our chest, yeah. that's for sure. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, like it pains me seeing like Schwarber bomb every single game, it seems like, and then Trey Turner doing his thing and Max Scherzer. It's just a lot of DC pain, even though it's like my only two DC teams really is Washington football team. And then I like the Nationals. I mean, I like, I like the. The Capitals too, like I'm a Grizzlies fan for basketball, so I can care less about the Wizards. They suck anyways. Sorry to 90% of the people who watch this possibly. But speaking of other sports, you know, it is football season, but by God, NBA is ramping up. It's a fun time and MLB playoffs going on right now. So that's a great time to plug our podcast sponsor, Bet Online, who is the number one bet online place because there's brand new website, new odds and props going on and I bet the over in Washington and the Chiefs like everyone did. And that was the one thing that seemed like didn't hit that game, which was mm-hmm. nuts. And we'll talk about that. It's our offense's fault. Um, but bet online is literally the easiest way to place all of your sports bets. So whether you are a football betting fan or you're good at basketball, like, I feel like I don't know why, but I'm really good at betting basketball, even though like half the time I don't know about the NBA teams. <sighs> but bet online is the easiest way to do that. So sign up today on the uh, website or your mobile device and you get a 50 percent welcome bonus when you use the promo code believe that's b-l-e-a-b so sign up so you don't miss out on these mlb playoffs just bet against the braves and you'll probably do uh pretty good in the playoffs so go ahead and join because right. the nfl season it's it's getting wacky it's getting crazy um and we thought it would get a little crazy we thought washington would have a chance to beat kansas city You've got like the emotional buildup, the fans going crazy. This is like, this feels like this, like the Steelers game last year. Like we have no, like we have no like way of winning this game. Like we shouldn't, we have no business. And it feels like this would be the time we would come in. Chiefs come to us. Like we don't have to go to Kansas city. I feel like this would be like the perfect game for us to, to win. The chiefs have not looked too good at all this season. Honestly, historically the worst defense yardage wise of all time through five games in NFL history. So like we had them exactly where we wanted them. And what sucks, Brian is going back and like rewatching this. This was as winnable game as it could have been. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, three first half turnovers uh, is just absolutely brutal. I mean, you had them right where you want them. And you, it's not often you get to say that about Patrick Mahomes, maybe the yeah. chiefs are struggling, but you know, Patrick Mahomes is always going to make those plays. You had him rattled. You had him making awful decisions. And even at the time, three turnovers, you only could build a three-point lead at halftime. You felt like, That's you know, sad. what are what are they doing? You're right. That offense was absolutely terrible against the defense that had been shredded all season long. And, of course, they roll into Washington and they uh, throw up a stone wall. No points allowed in the second half. I mean, it just – it just kind of summed up the day, honestly. You know, all the stuff off the field, which I know we'll get to a little bit, um, but it just kind of felt like the, unfortunately, the perfect way for that game to end, ending up in a blowout. Um, but you're right, there, there was a chance there, and, and I thought Washington was going to kind of stand up and make something happen, but they absolutely folded when the second half uh, started. Yeah, like the Chiefs came out, like, on fire. Like, we started with a three and out, and then the Chiefs just drive down the field and the easiest touchdown drive of the season for them. And like I said, just ended and we're like, okay, like we're about to get blown out. Mm -hmm. Like this is about to be uh, like 45 to 10 game. Like we have no chance in this game at all. Um, But then Pat Mahomes throws an interception and we're like, okay, like that's our first interception since uh, William Jackson, the third picked off Herbert week one, which is insane. Well, 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 so Winston, but yeah, yeah. I mean, exactly. his lineman stepped on him yeah. for Winston. Like, 
I feel like this was like a true interception. Like sure, I feel like sure. Winston just kind of tossing up, and that's Jameis Winston. Like that's what he does. But Mahomes like not being himself this season, and like I think what is it like eleven interceptions in his last like eleven starts, something like that, something crazy. Like not Pat Mahomes at all. And that's one thing. Like at halftime, his his teammates were like, "Dude, just be you." Like right. We, we feel like you're doing too much. Like you're doing. You're not Pat Mahomes right now. Like just get back to that. Eat a Snickers. Yeah, <laughs> that's probably exactly what he did at halftime because he came out looking good. Um, but like we get the interception and then the offense just a three and out again. Like, yeah. and this is the worst defense. Like this is the worst defense we're probably going to play all season long. And like the, the stadium like gets hyped up. You get that interception. Like we feel good. And then it's just like momentum just sucked out of you when the offense can't move the ball. And that was like the trend the entire day. And it's like every single play – Somebody was open. And I know people want to talk about the screens and the dump passes and stuff like that. I like, and some of those are absolutely designed, maybe a majority of them, but I promise you on a lot of those plays, that wasn't like the go-to on the play. Like Terry was open so many times. I know Diami was open a couple times and he dropped a big one in the end zone. But there's like, I don't know, it was just so frustrating to see Taylor hesitant. Like he was you could tell like he wanted to pull the trigger sometimes and he just wouldn't like, he just held back. I'm like, bro, this is the worst defense you're going to yeah. see this season. Just go for it. Like this the, is the big moment for you. The stuff that's made Taylor Heineke fun and a fun story just was not on display. He was not taking those chances that have made some big plays happen this year. And this, you're right. This was absolutely the the time to do it. Um, they, they, yeah, you're right. The play calling on, on third down might not have been perfect, but there were, there were opportunities uh, there are just opportunities all over. And, and they kept saying on the broadcast um, that you can't kick field goals against this Kansas City team. It doesn't matter how down they are. They have the big play ability. You can't kick field goals. And you can't kick field goals and miss them like they do coming out of yeah. uh, the second half. I mean, they just did ab- absolutely everything wrong. They could not, you know, they would get a little bit of momentum, but they couldn't do anything with it. A chance to go up 10, they miss a field goal. You know, a chance to get off the field on third down and hold them to a field goal you get a penalty and you allow a touchdown a few plays. Like, I mean, there was just so much stuff that just, you know, it's just, it's stuff that a team that is not very good and not, doesn't know how to win that they do regularly. And that's what this team is right now. Yeah. And that's the frustrating thing. Like this was the best defensive performance in a half. Like I've seen in a long time, especially because you know what you're up against. Like, you know, the Kansas city chiefs, you know, that offense, I don't care who's hurt. I don't care. They don't even they don't even use the run game. So like Clyde Edwards Alaire being hurt like is irrelevant to me. Right. I'm looking at Mahomes. I'm looking at Tyreek Hill every play, Michael Hardman, Travis Kelsey. I mean, and they're just they're a juggernaut. So like seeing that the defense just balled out first half, like the offense didn't have their back like at all. They would create opportunities, they would get big stops. Even when uh, Antonio Gibson fumbled, that next drive, like two or three plays later, Cole Holcomb rips the ball out of Michael Hardman's hands, causes a fumble, and we only get seven points off of three turnovers in the first half and only 13 total points in the whole first half. Like, that's not good enough. Like, if you have those opportunities, like you said, you have to, like, make something out of it. You have to capitalize on that, especially against a good team. Like you said, field goals are not going to win you games. It's like playing uh, the Warriors back when it was Steph, Clay, and Durant, like, Look, if we make all these layups and a couple jumpers, like, no, you have to. Yeah. They, they're going to shoot. They can shoot. They're going to put up points. You have to be able to answer and shoot back. Like, And we just couldn't shoot back. Like, We didn't have the firepower in offense, whether it was Gibson getting banged up. I mean, you can talk about like Gibson fumbling it. But like I said, defense got the ball right back. So like, that wasn't even like a, a big moment for the offense. There was just so many opportunities, and I feel like we couldn't get it. And Terry said after the game, he was like, you know, he he admitted he's like the opportunity was there. We just me and Taylor could not connect. And I think he had what eight targets and only four catches. Yeah. I mean, he dropped one. It was like his first drop of the season, had his drop streak in, you know. It was it was a it was a low pass. I mean, you can nitpick all you want, but but yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just the worst things were going on. You know, it just seemed like a comedy of errors, like everything that could go wrong did. It was like a couple of steps here, a couple of steps there. And it just was off from the beginning. It was just, it just kind of snowballed. Yeah. I just, it was so frustrating because that was, this was like the game where the offense was supposed to have like one of its best performances. Right. Because 
the 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 fewest amount of points that the Chiefs have allowed this season was 29 against the Browns. I want to say it was even the Eagles dropped 30 on this team. So you're like, all right. Honestly, I was thinking about when I was betting the over. I was like, Washington's got to score 30 plus. There's no way we don't. Like we're scoring 30, you know, pretty regularly. Like the last few weeks, our offense has been clicking, and the Chiefs, like I said, the lowest they've allowed is 29 week one. Then after that, they've just been giving points to anybody. It's been like Oprah right. giving out points. <laughs> so I was like, all right, we, we've got to be able to drop 30 on these guys. There's no way we're going to win because the Chiefs will drop 32, and they absolutely did. But the, like you said, the, the big turnaround in this game, and you felt it in the stadium, was that missed field goal. The 42-yarder had a chance to extend that lead, and it just yeah. didn't happen. And they said, like, you know, Hopkins is one of the most accurate kickers in the league right now. But it's when he misses them. It's like the worst possible, the possible game winner against the Giants. Luckily, gets another opportunity. You know, going back to last season, I mean, talking about the London game with the Bengals. Like, there's every every single one that he missed. It was a memorable miss. Right, and it's like it's kind of like going back to postseason baseball. It's like a a closer coming in, and he he might have good save numbers. Like he might have thirty five saves or whatever. But the ones he blew were crucial games. Like. And that's exactly what it feels like with Hopkins. Like just could have had some momentum, could have had something going for them. And he just, he, yeah, he does not hit the big kick and, you know, he might be okay on field goals, but don't forget those two extra points he missed in Atlanta that, yeah. you know, could have cost them that. Yeah. He just, he is what he is. I mean, the stats are one thing, but the stats don't tell everything with that guy. And that was pretty evident. The one thing, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about the play calling that third down play to, to Adam Humphreys that didn't go anywhere was just absolutely brutal. I think maybe you're in four down territory if you can keep it to a fourth and one or fourth and two, but you go backwards four yards and there's no way. So um, yeah, it just, it, it didn't matter anyway. I mean, you, you kick the field goal there, you go up six and Kansas city goes right down. I think on the next drive and scores a touchdown. Anyway, you lose the yeah. lead, but it, it just kind of felt like that all day long that they just kind of, had a chance and then took two steps backwards, you know, had a little bit of momentum and then, and then slipped up and it was, uh, it might be just kind of a metaphor uh, for what this season is. You know, you think something's about to turn the corner you get a big win against uh, the giants and on Thursday night, you're like, okay, they're figuring it out. Then you get blown out by Buffalo. Then you go down you, you win an emotional game against Atlanta and then you blow it against uh, new Orleans. It's like one step forward, two steps back all Maybe not just this season, but it seems like all the time in all facets with this this organization. Yep. And then, like you said, you know, we missed that field goal. The Chiefs, they put together long drives that lead to points. Ten plays, 68 yards, four minutes, and that touchdown to Hill, who, I don't know. I, I, it blows my mind. How did he does not get, like, more taunting calls? And, like, it was the yeah. whole, like, peace thing. Like, he can't do that anymore, which he doesn't. He has gloves where he sticks his hand up and it's a peace sign, which is genius. I'll give him that. But like scoring in the back of the end zone, doing like the little hump or whatever it was, the dance, the like, and then like at the end of the game where he catches it, looks back and like goes out of bounds. He's like always talking like after the play. So annoying, but he's good. So like if you want to shut him up, then like stop him and we couldn't. Yeah, hit him harder and you can't even touch him. So (laughs) yeah, but don't worry. Like Washington answers with uh, another third and out, like three and out quick three plays. And Kansas City gets the ball right back, drives another long drive that res- that results in another touchdown. So it's 24-13 at that point. And the, you just feel it. You feel Kansas City. You see Mahomes doing the crazy. I forgot who it was. Was it Tim Settle that tried to tackle him on that play where he rolls yeah, out? just fell over. There's yeah. no chance. Like, Tim, I love you, bud, but there's no chance that you're catching Pat Mahomes. Then he cr- throws it crossbody. That's when Tyreek Hill does the look back on Kendall Fuller. I want to say it was. Um and then still runs for like another five yards after he literally stops mid play, looks back. Um, then you just you feel the Chiefs clicking, mm-hmm. and you're like, okay, well, this wasn't the defense we saw in the first half. But honestly, how like how much fault do you put on the defense? Like you did everything possible in the first half. Your offense did not help you out. This defense has been terrible, like ungodly all season long. And we know how good this this Chiefs team is. Like, what happened in the second half is what we expected the whole game. So are you mad that they even showed up for, like, half of a game, like the way that they did? No, yeah, I mean, 
Yeah, it was encouraging that first half because we were like, okay, this is the defense that we were sold in the offseason. This is what we were expecting to see, especially with this gauntlet of quarterbacks coming up. We were like, this is the team. They're finally rising to the occasion. They know that they've got Rodgers, Brady's, Mahomes, all these guys on the schedule. This is what we expected from week one. And and they, they balled out in that first half. You forced three turnovers in the first half. I mean, most teams win that game. I'd, lo- I'd love to see the number – you force three turnovers. You, you get you sack Mahomes three times. How many times does he lose that game? I mean, I'm, I'm willing to bet that he, he he doesn't have a very good record if that happens. And somehow they find a way to to blow it in the second half. But you're right. It's there's nothing they can do when they're on the field for that long in the second half. The offense has got to help them out a little bit. And I mean, a little bit there. And they didn't help them out at all. They didn't do anything to to sustain a drive in the second half. It's like they just kind of wet the bed and, and, you know, you can say the defense played poorly in the second half, which I think could potentially be true, but it's hard to hang that all on them um, when they're, they're out there for what two, twice as many plays as the offense was. It just, they were put in a bad spot and it's gotta be kind of deflating when you finally show up and, you, and your offense is not able to capitalize on any of the stuff that you're doing. So, you know, I, I don't want to dog too much on the defense. I still think they have issues. I still think the oh, corners are not great. William Jackson, the third woof. Um, but Fuller, wolf. Yeah. But missing you know, tackles, no effort. Like the right. whole secondary has no effort except uh, Ben St. Juice, who got targeted only one time Sunday, by the way, like yeah. Pat Mahomes knew. <laughs> who not to throw to yeah so it's it's hard to you know there's certainly stuff to fix they're not they're not perfect but it's hard to really bang on them this week because the offense did them no favors yeah the defense still allowed almost 500 total yards 390 Brutal. passing 6.4 yards per play that is atrocious but um our offense was 7 for 14 on third downs so 50 percent. you're not gonna win many games like that um, we only had 15 first downs compared to Kansas City's 29. So literally almost double what we had. Um, and like and like we said, this Chiefs offense is, you know, obviously top in the league. You've got Hall of Fame, you know, I'd say rightfully so, a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback. He will be eventually. Mm-hmm. I say Kelsey's going to be in the Hall of Fame. I don't see a way that Tyreek Hill doesn't eventually make it. I think it's, you know, definitely an argument. So you have three Hall of Famers. Possibly on one off. I mean, Hall of Fame, but you know, top of the game right now. Yeah. So yeah, no slouch whatsoever. Not at all. And they score a touchdown. Like I said, offense is three now. You want to break your defense easily. You you give them a minute or two of rest, and then tell them to go back out there for five minutes and get smacked around on another touchdown drive. Yep. Like that does not help them out at all. So like you said, the first first half defense is exactly what we expected all season long, which we haven't seen until now. And you're like, okay, they've done enough to keep us in the game, but we didn't capitalize on turnovers. We couldn't sustain long drives like Kansas City did. It was still three and out, three and out, three and out, six and out, seven and out. Like it was just quick drives and the defense is like, good God, man. Like <laughs> we got to see Pat Mahomes again. Right. Like, yeah, give us some slack. Like, And meanwhile, the, the, the chiefs are running like a four minute offense, each of their drives. I mean, they're, yeah. they're milking clock. They're, they're taking time down the game. Yeah, I mean they absolutely ran it perfectly, and how could you not? I mean, when you see a you see a tired defense, you're just going to keep running it at them. Why not? You know, wear them out, and that's absolutely what happened. And so that's why you go back. It's hard to blame the defense with that first half performance. They put them in position to win the game. You know, when is the when would you think that that would happen? That this team had a chance to beat Patrick Mahomes, and the defense did that in the first half, but uh, got no help whatsoever, and it just it fizzled out like we kind of pictured it would yeah if you told me that we would have had a 13 to 10 lead at halftime i'm ecstatic mm-hmm. anyone on the team like ron Rivera would probably cry if you told him we were up 13 to 10 at halftime like right like, and and you'd let them get down into field goal range and still force an interception so there's all kinds half, of yep. momentum man i mean like it was that place was nuts dude yeah that was i can only imagine that was more hype than the Giants game because we're like, oh, we lost. Oh, we won. <laughs> a very anticlimactic yeah. flag try again way. It's so like, I mean, Thursday night was hype. But, dude, halftime was intense. And then there's just like the letdown of this retirement ceremony we'll talk about. But um, And then, like I said, just like that, that missed field goal just sucked it all out. 
because the Chiefs were like, no, we're not going to play like we did the first half. We were going to score almost every single possession. They had five possessions in the second half. We had five possessions in the second half. They outscored us 21 to nothing. You're not going to win a game like that. And I'm looking at these stats, and it's not even just like the stats. It's what I saw. Taylor Heineke, 24 for 39, 182 yards, a touchdown, and interception. An interception to a D lineman, by the way. I don't even know how that's possible. Never even heard of the guy that intercepted. It wasn't like Arnold went up there. It wasn't like Montez Sweat who does it. He literally grabbed it off the dude's helmet. Like, how is a pass that low? It's bad. It's really bad. Yeah, uh, Heineke was bad, and teams teams are figuring him out. I mean, it was it was a nice kind of Cinderella story, you know, making some plays on the run, which that avoiding that sack was kind of awesome. I don't yeah. know how he did that; never hit the ground. Didn't matter because he but still just in the ground. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, teams are figuring him out, and so he's got to respond. He's got to figure it out. But he's had his two worst games in back to back weeks, so um, you know, it's it's t- it's tough to watch sometimes. He definitely left. I mean, we've already talked about. It, he definitely left a lot of stuff on the field and. That's frustrating. You can't do that in the NFL because uh, NFL teams will make you pay, and especially the quarterbacks they're facing are going to make you pay. Aaron Rodgers, you 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 miss a throw, Aaron Rodgers is going to come out that next drive, and he's not going to miss it. So yeah. they have no room for error, and there's a lot of error right now. Yeah, the, the, the three plays that stood out to me was the Ricky Seals-Jones touchdown. He was wide open for a long time. And like Taylor went through his progressions and like, I feel like he looked at Ricky Seals Jones did like, it took him like a solid second or two to be like, all right, I'm throwing it. Like Ricky Seals Jones is literally standing there like, please like bro. Yeah. Throw it to I me. Thought, he did. I really thought the linebacker was going to catch him because he underthrew yeah. it, but you know, it's hard to nitpick on a touchdown, but you're right. He, he really, it, he could have walked in, had no trouble, but it made it a little more exciting than it needed to be. Now I think about the there's a Terry route. He was in double coverage early in the game. He was running towards my seat, which is like if you're looking at the stadium, like the field with like the logo facing you, it's like the left side. Double coverage, and he threw this this kind of pass twice, and it's the same one that he caught against the Chargers. But like Terry will have, you know, he'll be running his route. He has the DB exactly where he wants him. He has a separation. And if you throw the ball in front of him, it is an easy catch. Right. But for some reason, Taylor loves throwing it behind him across his backside. So he's like turn mid route and like toward his body. He's been or spoiled. He like dives this way. Like he's been spoiled by Terry making that catch before. Yeah. But you know, it's not it's not realistic to ask your guys to do that every time. No. So he had that one long one on the left sideline, which would have been a big gain early. I think that drive went three and out. Yeah, it did. It was one of the. It was the after the. Um, Mahomes interception, I want to say. And then there was another time on the other side in the end zone when he did that. Like, it's just, I'm like, you, he puts the ball at the worst possible place. And like you said, he, he makes that catch against the chargers, but don't expect that every single time, like he's going to get hurt, like trying to twist his body. And, you know, God forbid if he catches it, like the DB like falls on him or something, his body's like twisted like a pretzel. It's just, it's not ideal. So the offense isn't clicking. Taylor isn't running, which is what he does best. I hate to say it. He's a better runner than he is passer. I think that's very evident. Um, And you just don't see that connection there. So it was just, I don't know. It's just like that. Even Uh, when, even when big plays happen, like you said, all right, this is our chance. Like make a long drive. Like this is an easy defensive score on like move the ball with ease. Like we should be able to. And it just stalled out. Like I said, dump passes, incompletions short runs like you name it it was just the most boring drives we could have possibly had against the worst defense in the nfl yeah and there's no excuse and we talked about how bad this defense was they should have been matching them step for step and it has nothing to do with trying to be as good as mahomes it has everything to do with how bad that defense had played and speaking of momentum Tyron Matthew was flipping out. I don't know if you could see it in the stadium. He was flipping out like he had had it by halftime. How do you not take advantage of that? How do you not exploit that coming out at halftime? And so whether that's coaching or ineffectiveness or all of the above, it was just really bad. And there's no excuse for the offense. You know, the defense is what it is. They they contributed. And then Mahomes remembered who he was. And he's going to do that against the best defenses in the world. But the offense against that defense, no excuse. No excuse to be that bad and only put up 13 points, score one touchdown, no points in the second half. I mean, there, there's no excuse. And, and it, it's 
it's it's bad. It, you know, you're not going to face a worse defense. Literally, not going to face a worse defense. You can't face a worse defense than what you face. And so, how can I mean? You can't feel good about this offense right now, especially now that Gibson's banged up. I think he was having an MRI. Not sure what the results of that are. Um, Didn't look good. It's just it's, Curtis Samuel's probably going to not be a huge contributor this year. I mean, there's just it's it's hard to feel optimistic about the the offense especially and then what the defense has done up until first half i mean it's deflating yeah and it's funny that you mentioned the whole tire matthew thing like he legit took his helmet off stormed to the sideline and was like screaming at the top of his lungs and was just like i mean i've never seen him like that mad like after a play like it wasn't like a timeout or anything he took his helmet off and he was just like flipping out, going towards the sideline, yelling and stuff like that. And it was like a second long, I want to say, we picked up. It was like a JD McKissick, like dump pass, wasn't it? And I can't, I can't remember. I just, I, I remember, yeah, just hearing oh, he it was, and seeing him on the sideline. And it's, but there's a couple they, times where he flipped out. Like they he, let him he, get right in the second half yeah. or and make adjustments. But, and that's the thing. Like, I feel like the second half, like, you gave the offense gave Kansas City every opportunity to win the game. Like, hey, we're just gonna do a little three and out. Sorry, here's the ball back. Like, score mm-hmm. again for us. Like, if if we sustained two drives of like five minutes and resulted in any kind of points, like we have a really good chance of winning that game. But instead, we give them five drives and they score three touchdowns off of those five. And we have nothing. We lay a goose egg and an interception to end the game. So it's just very and like the one word I felt from this entire Sunday was empty. Like mm-hmm. the ceremony felt empty, the lead up to it, like everything about it was empty. Like first half was so hype. Like I feel like that was probably like the most fun I've had at that stadium in a while. Just because we're like, holy crap, like this feels like a window. It's like we are up at halftime against one of the best teams in the NFL. Like this is the best we've looked on defense. This is what we've been wanting for. And then like we're like, sweet, the ceremony's gonna come up, and it just sucked. And then second half just felt like a regular Washington game. Then afterwards, like everyone's like the, the entire day just blows. Like, yeah, it's, it just, it reflected the, the game in the second half reflected kind of how that day went in the, the optics of that, that game and that situation and the halftime. And it's just, you don't want the team to lose, but it kind of, it almost, maybe that's a wake up call that it's that bad. And I don't know, man, it's, it's, it's awful. I will say the only good thing I saw the game is that was Cole Holcomb and Jamin Davis's best game all season. Yeah. Yeah. Holcomb was ran that route for Travis Kelsey had to tackle him to save another interception. That was impressive. And then the forced fumble by Holcomb, he's, he certainly made some plays this year where you think he's taken a step in the right direction and kind of, if there's anything to feel optimistic about, like maybe we kind of have a couple of young linebackers that'll make some plays. Yeah. And this was Jamie Davis's most snaps by far. He had 46 out of the 82, which is 56% of the game, 11 tackles, five solo, one QB hit. He's the one that rushed Patrick Mahomes. That one play when he rolled out, mm-hmm. um, and then Cole Holcomb played every single snap. He had 10 tackles, nine solo, one sack, one pass deflection, and one QB hit. And I think there was one, uh, at least one play where Davis was lined up on Tyreek Hill. I think Hill made the catch, but he was he step was for step with him, which yeah. is, uh, you, you don't say that about anybody, uh, yeah. keeping up with Tyreek Hill. But like the thing that impressed me the most, Jamin Davis is like run stopping yesterday was phenomenal. Like he's being more reactive. He's being more okay. I know this guy's getting the ball. I'm gonna, you know, stuff the hole before he gets there. Or if the running back is heading that way, he's getting there quick. So that was the only good thing defensively I really saw. Um, I feel like a lot of Pat Mahomes like passes were like going off his players' hands. That's been like a theme this season too. Like yeah. the one I think Tyree killed, the one that uh Kendall Fuller picked off, which our social team put Kyle Fuller, by the yeah. way, on Twitter, which was a, a big fumble speaking of turnovers. Um but yeah, I, I felt good about that. Like, I don't know. It, it's such a weird game because you, you take away some good things, but like, we still look terrible. Mm-hmm. Like, I, if the offense plays a decent game, like, you leave that game thinking, even if you lose like a close one, you're like, holy crap, like, we actually are getting better. Like, I'm actually impressed with what we saw, but I left feeling the same way. I'm just like, no, like, we can't, we can't, the whole team can't just click at the same time and put together a good performance. It's right. like, 
someone's gonna suck so bad. So that's what we're gonna talk about. Yeah, on the I, reaction podcast. I tweeted out it was kind of like in in March Madness when the one seed kind of struggles to start the game against a 16 seed, and then, and then at halftime they're like, oh yeah, we're the number one seed. We're we're whatever team. Uh, cute for you to show up. That's kind of what the Kansas yeah. City Chiefs did. They were like, oh wait. We just went to our second straight Super Bowl, and we have the the best quarterback in the league. You guys are cute. Great, great job showing up here today. Yeah. And I remember who they were, and it was, it was, uh, it looked just like it. It looked like they were two different uh, leagues out there in the second half. Yeah. So, anyways, game sucked. Um, let's talk real quick about like, of course, like the Sean Taylor like retirement stuff. Like, we're not going to talk about it for a long time, but it's definitely worth talking about because like. The build up to it, honestly, I was not going to go to this game. I was like, I'm not about to spend a total of almost six hours in the cards just to see us get Molly Watt by Pat Mahomes and to see Jackson and Brittany do TikToks later, like on the field, which they did, um, which is a whole other thing we could talk about. But like, I wasn't even going to go to this game and then hit with like a, oh, yeah, by the way, we're going to retire Sean Taylor's jersey there. And like, obviously, everyone knows it wasn't planned. And it definitely felt like it. And like, you know, you being far away, like you saw everything on Twitter. And and I can see like you can paint a picture any kind of way you want to, but regardless, like the big vibe going into it and even at it was that it was rushed. Like you got that vibe going into it, right? Like it wasn't planned oh, at all. Yeah, I mean, what was it Thursday? I mean, maybe at noon, maybe just before noon, it comes down, and just the fact that. Yeah, there was no way you could tell me that this was three months, three months in the works. I mean, I, I saw the videos. I wasn't there. I saw the pictures. There's no way that that was three months of work. If that's the case, then everybody that, that was part of that work needs to be fired because that's that's awful. There, there's no way that there was any preparation there. And so then my issue is to double down and say that that is what was planned is is an absolute lie. And that's that's frustrating and a slap in the face to uh, not just uh, us fans, but to, to Sean Taylor's family to say that that's what they planned for for you. This is what they've been working on for months now, and that's what it comes out to be. I mean, it's it's awful, and it, it, it's a bad look. And um, I mean, that's an understatement. Of, yeah. I, it's, I, it's, I don't have words. Like you expect it, but like, you're ashamed that you expected it. Right. And and like and I knew it, it wasn't planned. Um, I gave the team the benefit of the doubt, which because I'm an idiot. Um, but then, like I said, you get there and like you talk to people, and it it absolutely wasn't planned. Like what I was told was they weren't gonna do anything Sean Taylor related, like honor him in any way until like December, where they were just gonna like talk about the road. And it was just like this is supposed to be like the alumni week, and it, it felt really weird because if you feel like they just like mashed it all together like oh we have this like the alumni is coming in we're gonna rush that and then we have like sean taylor's jersey thing where we're just gonna put it together and kind of just make this like casserole of a ceremony and just kind of it's like a it's like it it was like a high school jersey retirement it's like they found out that this this kid in college that was a stud in high school was you know his family was in town again and they were like oh let's let's put together a ceremony because he's in town before he goes back to school that's that's what it felt like and that is such a slap in the face to 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 everybody involved uh that that cheers for this team and that that loved watching sean taylor play it's it's unbelievable and it's kind of just it's kind of sick it's just kind of grimy and it's just you know it's bad. You, you wouldn't think that they would use that as a way to deflect. Uh, we were we were all like, no way they're really doing this to to deflect from the emails and all of that. And they absolutely did. And they absolutely. should they should feel ashamed. Yeah, and like I said, like the the feeling, like and for me, like honestly, like probably the only reason, like I am such a fan is because of Sean Taylor. Like that was my childhood. Like I was born in '93. He was like the most memorable guy for me, like in my like peak as a fan. Like when I actually knew what was going on, watched the game, studied it, knew the players. Like Sean Taylor was like my hero, like in middle school. Like I remember getting on the bus that day, like all my buddies like heard that he passed away. And like we just all were like depressed. Like we all cried that day. Like it was such a sad moment, like as a fan. Like and I felt like that was like the one thing the team couldn't mess up, and they did. Yeah. And I get it. And it's not about us as the fans, like it was about Sean and stuff. But you know, like 
he deserved better than that too. Like, especially like his family being there. And like the, the it's not even like the picture thing. Like the picture thing in front of like the porta potties and stuff was a terrible look. But it was just like the ceremony, like the video. It was like a minute long. It's the same video I've seen on ESPN, like NFL Network. Every year they talk about him, every time it's like he comes up. It's the same video. And the thing that bugs me is no one from the team talked. No one from his family talked. Like his family's there. Like Jackie's there, Gabe's there. Like I said, Pedro's there, his wife's there. Like not a single person said a word except the guy that sits in the booth and does like the, the game. He just reads some script and says nothing about his stats, says nothing about who he was to us. Just like, oh, the former draft pick for Washington, like blah, blah, blah. Like nothing of importance. You have all these alumni here. Clinton Portis is there, like taking pictures and posting it, like with Gabe and stuff. Like there's like so many opportunities of like just sentimental stuff and not one single person said anything or like made it feel like an actual ceremony celebrating Sean Taylor. It just felt like more of an activity just crossing it off of your like to-do list. And, and the biggest thing for me was for all of Dan Snyder's faults. And there are many, the one thing that I think everybody could get behind was that he was a fan. You know, he, he made a lot of his decisions because he loves this team so much and he claims to have to, to love this team. And he, he claims to have loved Sean Taylor never gave the number out, never, you know, let the closest he came was Landon Collins getting a signed Jersey because he idolized him. And he, he and that talks, was important to him. Like that yeah, was a big moment. He, he talks about like how much he cares for, or, uh, you know, for this team and for, for Sean Taylor specifically. And this is how you honor the guy. This is how you honor somebody that meant, quote unquote, that much to you. I mean, give me a break, man. That is one of the most selfish things I've, I've ever seen because, you know, this was 100% Dan Snyder's call. I don't, I'm not going to be convinced that anybody else had anything to say. Um, I, I bet you I hope that people tried to talk him out of it, but, you know, him being stubborn absolutely pushed this through. And this is the slop that he that he put out there. It, it, it is shameful it's it, it's it's ugly and it's awful and this is the guy that you you revered and this is this is a player on a team that you claim to love and this is this is how he's respected uh, quote-unquote respected uh, i i don't know man it's 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 a bad look not just a not just a football look not just a business look but like a, a as a person just terrible and the thing is like and it's going the exact way he was hoping it would. Like Jason Wright's getting the blame for it. And like he wanted it all to fall on him. And it's funny because like us talking about it, like we're proving Dan right. Like people are like, oh, it's Jason's fault. And like going back and forth about it. Jason literally, I can I promise you a hundred percent he had nothing to do with this. It's not a Jason, you should have planned this better. Jason, you should have stopped this. Like, what's he gonna tell Dan? No, Dan, let's not do this. Yeah. You, like, no, you, that's not that's not how it works. You don't walk into your the, boss's yeah. office and tell them what to do. Especially him. Like he's the fall bean. He has to fall on the sword, which is exactly what he's doing. Like us going like against him, not us, because I'm not going against him. I know you weren't either, but no. the fans like going against Jason is exactly like his job. Like yeah. just taking the blame for it. And that's the thing that bugs me is people like, oh, it should have been planned better. It couldn't have been planned better because it was never the plan. It was never supposed to happen. Like that was not supposed to happen this Sunday. His jersey number was never even supposed to be retired. They weren't even going to retire it in December. That was not even, like, mentioned. Like, yes, it's a thing that needed to happen, but it was never a plan. It just felt like the breaking case of emergency thing for Dan, and he actually did it. Like, something that we didn't think he could possibly do. Yeah, you know, he broke this, the case and took it out. Yeah, this guy stooped so low, and he stooped lower than we even thought it was possible. It's actually, I mean, it's kind of remarkable, honestly. Kudos yeah. You're like, there's no way he can lower. do worse. Yeah, and he did it. The, the the one thing, yeah, I don't I don't blame Jason right at all. I mean, he's trying to put out fires left and right. I think his wording was a little bad. Him saying that oh, yeah. he didn't think fans wanted to be there. That's not true. I don't. At but all. I don't know how much like was actually him saying that. No, I, yeah, I, I get it. But him, if that was what he was told to put out, sure. But that that that's that sounds bad. And that as far as we know came from him. But yeah, I don't put I put maybe five percent on if that on him uh he just is now trying to put out the fires later and he's the guy that's getting burnt left and right because dan snyder just refuses to address anything i mean he shows up for pictures when it's good and then he's a hoodie nowhere to be found up. yeah yeah and i mean and i tweeted out like somehow like i left that game and i like took a step back because like when they and once again i'm not trying to make it about me because it's not but like 
like I said, Sean Taylor is the most important thing to me about this team. Like hands down. Honestly, like this might be bold. It wasn't the name or the logo. That might be a hot take, and like I might get backlash on that. But like the most important thing to me on this team was Sean Taylor and like how much he meant to me as a fan, like growing up. Like that's just what I had. Like people have like the glory days, Super Bowls, and stuff like that. I didn't have that. You didn't have that. Right. So like for me, Sean Taylor was like my Super Bowl win. So like I just I left that game being like that could have been so much better. It deserved to be better. Not even for like us, not even for the fans, but like you just thought to yourself, like, man, there could have been so much more for Sean. Like Clinton Portis could have talked. Like I said, it could have been like a whole like week of stuff for him. It could have been like a whole game day experience, not just like taking a picture of a painting or like painting something on the grass. But like people talking about it, like his his memories being talked about, like how good he was getting talked about. Like I said, Clinton right. Portis was there, like, and like the video they show Clinton Portis talking, but the guy is on the field and you don't have him say anything. Like it just it was blew just, it. Gosh, they blew yeah. it. Like yeah. I said, his family. Obviously, we love his family hundred percent. Like they are like part of the family like forever. We would have loved to hear from them, like, or like them to know how much they meant to us. Right. Like there was nothing about the family in the presentation. It was just like, oh, joining us on the field is blah, 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 blah. It wasn't like, you know, like we love y'all. Like this is like for y'all. Like we're here to support y'all. Like Jackie was crying. I was like tearing up, dude. She's like the most sweetest human being. Like, like you can just tell. And Gabe looks exactly like Sean Taylor. <laughs> like exactly like Sean Taylor. And I'm a huge Gabe fan. Like I literally watch him play at Rice just because he's Gabe Taylor. Right. But it's just, man, like I just, and I like, and even if we would have won, like I would have been hype, but I still feel like, man, like that just felt so empty. Like yeah. it, it just didn't like, it didn't fulfill what you know it should have. Like it didn't hit that like emotional tie like it was supposed to. Yeah, like, I was I, emotional, like thinking about it actually happening at the game before I even got to the game. I was like, man, like I'm going to be like tearing up. I'm going to be emotional. And then it happens. And you're like. Wow, that was as flat and boring as it could have possibly been. Yeah, and it would it would have been awesome to to be there and to to see it. But like I'm sitting at home when it's halftime, watching on the game, and I'm like thinking to myself, I'm like, this ceremony is going on right now, and like it feels like such an afterthought, like at best. Like, yeah, like the players didn't get to see it, like they're they're in halftime. Like, right. I mean, Joe Gibbs wasn't there. I mean, there are just so many weird things about it that are just just so low and so, so crappy and kind of, you know, maybe, you know, I'm not going to ever root for this team to lose on the field, but maybe it, it needed to happen that way. That second half had to be so bad and maybe, maybe some, some change will come out of it. I I, I don't know. That's wishful thinking because it just feels like it's going to happen all over again. Dan Snyder just kind of goes and hides and gets away with it, but maybe they needed to, to be embarrassed there in that second half to actually have something happen for a change. Yeah. And, and for me, and it's like, and we talked about like how winning cures all, and it does to a certain extent, but like, does winning really like say, say we're like, uh, you know, two loss team right now, say we're four and two team looks good. Do you think that really covers up like how we feel about Dan and all the stuff he's doing? Like say, no. say we're winning and say he still rushed the ceremony. Do we still feel this way? No, that would, yeah, I, I think you're right. I, I don't think it would feel good. I, I still think, you know, you'd be ex- a little excited. Hopefully you'd be able to separate and be like, oh, this team's four and two, but they've got this guy trying to blow things up and ruin things left and right. Yeah, I'm not sure that, um, I'm not sure that it would do much for it. I, I just think this is such a low moment <laughs> that, 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 you know, they could have put up 40 and blown out the Chiefs and I don't know what made a difference. And that's, that's the thing I'm like struggling with is if this team looks like, you know, like this crazy good playoff team, exciting, putting, you know, butts and seats in the stadium, like that would help Dan out. Like this team doing good benefits him more than it does the fans. Yeah. Like, I feel like, like, what do we do as fans to separate the on the field and off the field, which we shouldn't have to do, by the way, like pro teams aren't supposed to be dysfunctional, like off mm-hmm. the field, but it is. It's, it's like, I, I don't know. Like I, the Browns have been terrible, but their they, fan base is insane. That is, that is the best fan base in professional like football. 
it's their team is terrible, but at least they don't have all this drama going off off the field. Like they can just enjoy, I quote unquote, enjoy their team being bad. Like it would be nice just to have a bad team to cheer yeah. for oh, without man. all the circus too. I I would literally rather be a Detroit Lions. Like if you told me that we'd go in sixteen this year, but we had a owner. And like some kind of promise next year, like build just stability. Yeah, just be a good like we'll just have to we're just a bad team that just needs to get better. I would much rather have that because we still suck and we still need to get better. We still need a franchise quarterback. But I just I don't know like how much you how much can you enjoy it when the guy who owns the team takes away your enjoyment from the team? He takes away something from your childhood, he takes away the biggest moments of the team, like not even just like the name and stuff like that, but like just how bad he makes you look, how bad he makes the, the, the organization look with the emails, with all the Bruce Allen stuff, like just with everything that he touches, he it, messes up. It, it's very rare that a team like can personally affect its fans. Like obviously oh, the per- performance on the field, you know, you, you take, you can quote unquote, take that personally, like, oh, my team lost. Well, it's like, well, that that's how the game went. But this was like an absolute, like this, this affected fans personally. I mean, these are, this is a guy we cheer for that we grew up watching that, that was taken from all of us. And we didn't even get the chance to, to, to celebrate him. And it's not, it's not about the win or the loss. Like this was like a, on a human level that they, they absolutely personally, kind of jabbed a knife into their fans. And it's rare that a team can do that. And they found a way to do it. Yeah. Like I said, it wasn't even like, yes, the team does suck, but it wasn't even like a man we lost, but there's next week we can look good. Like it's not over kind of thing. Like we can feel hopeful, but it's a different thing when you get emotionally and mentally drained from your team, from stuff that's not on the field. That's what I struggle with like as a fan. And sadly, and sadly, you know, we're going to still have the memories of Sean Taylor and all the plays that he made, but in the back of our mind and in part of it, part of our thoughts now are going to be how badly they botched this. And that is so sad. Yeah. I agree with you hundred percent. Um, and like, as we wrap this up, like I'm just, we're, we're like us as fans are stuck at this point of like, what changes, what do we do to change things? And like I said, even if like the team could be undefeated, we could have Aaron Rodgers. Yes, we can enjoy it to a certain extent. And like winning does cure all, but I feel like you still have like you're still affected as a fan by what this team does off the field. Like if the emails don't bug you, if the you know sexual misconduct stuff doesn't bug you, then there's something wrong with you. You're just like if you're just a fan of like the team, I don't know. Like I don't I don't know how to word it without like I don't know saying too much or like yeah, but I just feel like but, like if that doesn't bother you as a person, like I I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, like that you, that stuff affects me as a fan. Like I'm like, dang, like how do we change this? Like even if the team's good, I want to enjoy it. But I feel like even if we're like winning and all this stuff is going on, I feel like it still takes away from that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. You try to separate and just try to kind of cheer on Sundays, but like that stuff bleeds over when they do stuff like this on Sundays as well. Yeah. Um, and, and you know one thing like I was trying to find a way to, you know, over like Christmas break or something, make it up there for another game. I don't plan on doing that. I mean, there's no reason for me to come, come back up there from Atlanta. And I know that's one fans thing, but like, it's just why. Yeah. Like, and, and the thing is, like I said, I have, I have a single season ticket and what, what drew me to that and what drew me to like wanting to go to these games was the excitement I got from the team. And like, if the team was good, like, what I say, like, oh, man, yeah, I'd still be, like, happy to go, still excited to go. Like, yeah, sure. But, like, I I don't know. Like, I kind of feel, like, guilty going to these games, like, in a way. Because I know, I mean, regardless, Dan Snyder's getting paid. But I, I feel like us as fans, like, what if we just stopped showing up? Which is happening. I mean, we're dead last in the league in attendance. But what if literally one Sunday there was just, like, a 1,000 Washington fans and then just the rest of the other team? Like, at what point does the NFL say, like, something has to be done? Like, we need our team back, like, badly. Yeah. And I just, I don't know what to do about it. Um, <laughs> like, I've been, like, I don't know. I've just been thinking, like, what, what do you do as fans? But, like, honestly, like, someone, I'm not going to say the name, but the same person that, like, has told me pretty much everything said, like, it's up to the fans. Like, 
pushed back. And like, what haven't we done? But I feel like we just have to be more vocal. And like, I plan on going to some home games, but like, I'm not going to be like some rah rah, like, yeah, like, I'm going to be rooting for the team. Like, I hope we win. But like, we as fans have to take back over. Like, we have to take our team back. Like, regardless, we have to just make it about the team and us and not let Dan do what he wants to do. How do you do that? I don't know. <laughs> I'm yeah. gonna make I'm gonna try to make him feel as uncomfortable as possible in his own home stadium. Just like when you get there, just point find out where his box is and just point oh, to him for three know, straight I hours. Know where he's at. I know just where he's point, at. <laughs> point to it. Point to him with his, or like thumbs down at him just for three yeah. straight hours. Just do like the was well, like in like gladiator. Yeah. <laughs> the down. That's exactly what I want to do. But anyways, didn't mean for this to be long, but um I just I I feel like I'm on the same page you two, like with a lot of fans. We just feel like we don't know what to do, where to go. Like you just feel you're confused as a fan. Like how do you separate the on the field and off the field stuff? How do you enjoy the team that you want to enjoy when someone else is really controlling your mental emotions, your, you know, your physical. I mean, like going to the games and stuff is exhausting. Like for me, but the thing that really gets me going is being excited for this team and someone else is taking that out of me, which sucks. Yeah. Um, but anyways, the team's still gonna play. Like we're still fans. Like we're still gonna talk about it. But it's oh yeah, just... the Packers are Sunday with oh, Aaron Rodgers, yeah, who's who's Christ. getting in a groove. And it's at Lambeau, so good ready. Um, but yeah, I didn't mean for this to be long, but I feel like I had to be sad. Like I feel like it was good. Like we had to get yeah. that off our chest. Um, I feel like like I, said, I feel like a lot of fans like would agree with us. Um, but like instead of going at each other on Twitter, just like going at it, turn your direction to the guy that deserves it. And he knows we hate him, but like just keep showing. It. I'm just trying to keep voicing my opinion and like push, pray until something happens, like push yeah. back until something happens. So, anything else you want to say before we log off? I'm beat down. I, I think that that does it. And yeah, I'm just going to try to enjoy what little there is to enjoy on Sundays and not try to get worked up the rest of the week, even though I know that's hard. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm supporting the team. Like, I'm still going to be a rah rah towards the team. But towards the organization, I, I feel like I can't be like I have been. Like I, I, I'm going to support the players. I, you know, I love yeah. Terry McLaurin. I love Chase Young. I still, I mean, Ron Rivera is a stand-up guy. I think Jason Wright's a stand-up. Like there are so many awesome individuals in the organization. So I'm going to support them, and hopefully that'll kind of get me through the rest of the season. Yeah, but like I said, just us as fans need to just take the team back over. That's all I got to say. Don't know what it looks like to you. But, like, for me, I think I know what it looks like. But, like, we just, as fans, have to get our team back and not let someone else dictate how we are fans, how we feel about the team that we're fans of, and just be ourselves and not change that. So, appreciate y'all tuning in. It's been fun. And me and Brian will see y'all coming up later this week to talk about the Packers game, which we're not looking forward to. But maybe we have our future quarterback that we're facing Sunday. So, we'll see. But, once again, like I said, appreciate y'all. Check out Bet Online because that's who – uh, presents this episode so check that out sign up b-l-e-a-v get that bonus see you later on brian peace peace thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube